Hello, Street Fighters. We're glad you're here. Sunday night, time for a call-in show, Street Fight. That number to dial, as always, is 614-655-3887. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, broadcasting live right now. You can jump in the chat, talk to everybody, see what's going on. Uh, Or you can listen as a podcast, like a lot of people do. Uh, Or watch it later. Do whatever you want. We're here to be consumed in whatever manner you prefer. And uh, we do it every single week, Sunday nights, 9 to midnight. Eastern Standard Time, we take your calls. We're also on WCRS LP FM here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and we want to hear from you. That number, once again, 614-655-3887. Uh, now, today is a very special weekend. Brian uh, had a birthday party for his daughter, Gwen, which you all know and love and have listened to grow up over the years. Uh, so she asked for him to take the day off. Uh, she knows how to win the love of her father, obviously. So today I have a special guest, uh, Kasai. Y'all know him as uh, Thick Puppy, T-H-I-C-C-U, uh, underscore P-U-P-P-I-E on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also hosted Speed Freaks with me on the Patreon. Uh, so he'll be taking answering calls today uh, while we do this. Uh, thank you to everybody that tunes in, supports what we do. And if you want to hear Shocktober Volume 3, the Grease Man episode is out and people are absolutely pissed about it. Someone said they're going to file a class action lawsuit against Street Fight uh, for introducing the Grease Man to thousands of people that had no idea who he was before. Um, so consider heading over to patreon.com slash streetfightwcrs to find out what all that is about. Um, without further ado, welcome to the show, Kasai. How's it going, man? What's up, y'all? What's up, Brett? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, I got my Lewis Hamilton Mercedes hat on, which is always weird when I'm walking in public and people think I have a Benz. I definitely don't have a Benz. Yes, uh, super nice. I like the yeah, color. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, just uh, have tomorrow off. Happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Thank y'all for yes. having me. Um, yeah. Happy birthday to Gwen uh and yeah just good night for a street fight right absolutely uh yeah i am i the only lewis hamilton merchandise i've looked at or like hats i wanted to buy is one that has the mercedes logo and the monster logo together because i feel like that's a rare occurrence look where the monster logo is on this oh the sneaky one huge missed opportunity they should have put it right here under the brim yeah because i love a monster logo just wherever (laughs) i have them on this water bottle here, my helmet, my bike over there. Um, yeah, yeah, they uh, they they botched it. Yeah, then those two worlds collide. You know, that's uh, it's a it's a good uh, opportunity to celebrate that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess we're talking about it already. Um, I've been keeping up with Formula One, but very late to the party. I'm not tweeting about it as much as anymore. I've been watching it through the week. Right. Um, but this season so far has continued to be uh, really good. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's it's weird because I talk to people who aren't into it at all, and I'm not boring them to tears like most car shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't blame people for being bored by it because most of it is boring. Excuse me, but like, I can't. I guess like maybe a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, was the last time it was this exciting. Um, and yeah, it's like my guy is Lewis. Like I'm a I'm I'm a back black in this case at least, not always because. <laughs> Not all skin, not all skin folk or kin folk, but um, 
Yeah, he, he does his thing. And it was always like him winning. So it was like, and before that, you know, there were, it was shaken up a little bit, but, and there's been some exceptions over the years, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like, even today I woke up to watch it live and I was like, okay, like, am I going to watch this? Am I going to wait? Um, and the other thing is I don't like having the races spoiled. And it seems mm-hmm. like this season, especially because it was so exciting, more people are not just people, but like media outlets are reporting on what's happening and I'm seeing the outcomes and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I absolutely love it. I think it's, uh, I was thinking today watching the Schumacher documentary. I know we talked about that um, earlier. It's on Netflix. I started not to watch it because I was like, okay, another documentary about an old race driver. Okay. Um, but it was actually pretty good. Um, I didn't, I kind of forgot that he wasn't like a rich kid necessarily. Like his parents on the go-kart track, um, which ain't exactly broke, but uh, he, um, you know, busted his ass, went through the trash to get tires and stuff like that for his go-karts and stuff. And just like, had that like dogged attitude that I got to do this and I got to do it well. Um, and Lewis has that same thing. And I think like having a villain this season too is cool because Max Verstappen is absolutely a villain. That's what um, I like the most. That's really yeah. just like, like that's the bad guy. Look at him. He looks yeah, like a look bad guy. He does bad guy stuff. You can look up his history. He's not a good dude. Like He's uh, got his fucking fish lips and, you know, his little Dutch accent. Yeah. And uh, inherently evil. Yeah. And, and so, and he is like also really erratic. Um, Mm -hmm. like he has the ability to win the races, but he, you can definitely (laughs) tell he's gets too mad or like blows his top and just fucking screws himself every single time. So, um, you know, I do like, it is impressive to see Hamilton win all the time. Um, but I think having like some of these stumbling blocks and people to beat is like a, just a good reminder of like, he is actually that good. Like he can, you can start him in the back of the pack and he will slowly chomp through everybody and win the race, you know, like it's, it's nice to watch a master work, you know? Yeah. And like meet adversity and just be like, fuck it. Like get booed by a crowd, like the racial slurs on Twitter is like, I'm trying to get this championship. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I was so disappointed in the formula, like the <coughs> online commenters. Like when I watched the first uh, race uh, last year, and they like knelt and they did the kneeling and all that stuff, yeah. and they're like telling and racism, all this, and there was battles about who was and who wasn't doing this. Yeah. And then like I was like, you know what, this sport is kind of cool. I'm glad they're having this conversation. I'm glad they have an athlete that they let do this. And then I go online and look at the comments, and it's all just like the most racist bullshit. <laughs> like he can't drive, and it's like he can't drive. I mean, come on, motherfucker. Right. Like you can say you don't like him as a person. You can say all you're an all lives matter. That's more honest than saying he's not good at what he does. I mean, right, I don't. Right. I I, that is just, it's so, it so bothers me so much. I have to look away from some of those big F1 pages when I see people just start saying like he's a fluke or something. Yeah, it used to bother the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie, especially being black. But like lately, I've just been like, okay, motherfucker, like who's in that car every weekend? Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, and is. I'm sure that's his attitude. Uh, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Um, he's been do- I also like lose sight of the fact that he's been doing this for a long time um and this is not like i'm sure he's dealt with this kind of shit his whole life being yeah. in, like a space that white and european um but yeah the the comments and that's the other thing like f1 twitter is like way more active so you're seeing like people fall on different sides mm-hmm. and i was talking to my friend who's probably more into it than i am um he lives in san francisco and he was just telling me like yeah like max was like groomed to be this way from the time he was small by his father and um by uh christian horner 
and Gunther to an extent. Like Red Bull, like coached him up to be like dog eat dog, fuck everybody else, get yours. Um, and when he came in, I rooted for him because I was like, oh, the youngest driver ever. This is great. Wow, cool, yeah. exciting. But then like his fucking dad was a racer. Like grew up not one for shit. Like I mean, it's that kind of sport. Obviously, we talked about that, but. Yeah, I don't know that the underdog thing, um, the identity thing. Like that's, I don't know, enough for me to. I guess I got into it before Lewis, so it's not like I'm watching. It's not like golf where people were just watching for Tiger. Sure. Back in the day, before he, um, right, he did his little sloppy thing, uh, <laughs> his little act. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. He uh, he's out there doing this thing. I'm not gonna spoil the day. Uh, yeah, it's been yeah. like it's it's been watched. It's been cool to watch him collect. The, the accomplishments, the 100th win and all that stuff was like all dope to see. And like I said, when it's mixed in with him also like just methodically taking down the pack, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think in, in retrospect, whenever his documentary comes out, it's just going to be just as good. Oh, uh, yeah. that, that Schumacher documentary, like uh, I, I think that like Formula One and boxing are two sports that like when you cut the highlights out, like the big moments, um, the most tense moments and you put it all together like it really works well and it's super compelling immediately you know mma is similar too it's just like anything that's just head-to-head full throttle there's no gamemanship here there's not it's just whoever's the best race race car driver um like it just makes a completely compelling documentary schumacher is someone i didn't know anything about but by the end of it i was just like I love this guy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and like you said, him talking about like, yeah, I would win races on tires that the other teams threw away, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'd still get a few more wins out of them. And uh, it's just that, you know, there's those incredible people that just have that uh, and latch onto it at a young age and, and create some create like uh, create the circumstances and take the, take the opportunities when they get them to uh, completely dominate. And it's impressive to me. Like, that's why I don't complain about seeing like the best do their thing. It's, it's impressive. I get it. It It is. And it's like, uh, it's the only sport I'm still watching. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this on speed fiction. I can't remember, but, uh, like I had my like come to Jesus moment with football, maybe like five, six years ago where I was like alone in my living room. Uh-huh. screaming at the television at like 2 30 in the afternoon and we were lo- <laughs> we were losing like I'm a, i was a ravens fan uh-huh. um and i grew up playing football but yeah like all the stuff with ray rice and how the, the team handled that and how they handle like intimate partner violence and sexual assault in general um the stuff about them being a non-profit up until a few or tax exempt until a few years ago and uh just like the paternalism like along the racial lines i'm just like oh good and the kaepernick shit like started around that time too and I'm just like, this has, like, I saw my team win the Super Bowl twice. It's not going to get better than that. And this is like having a direct negative effect on my life. So maybe I should just like chill. And I just haven't really like gone back since. And it's not like a holier than now thing. It's just like F1 is a nice respite from that. Cause like you said, it is just, it's just 20 dudes out there. Yes, there's hundreds of millions of dollars involved in stuff. And it's, you know, auto racing, which isn't everybody's thing. But I, um, this season's reminded me of like how I was watching the Schumacher documentary. I was just like, holy shit. I love this. Yeah. Sport is so great. Like it shouldn't be like, it really shouldn't be, but so much stuff comes together. Like you were saying about like the best versus the best. Like there's no gray area. People try to create that gray area. Talking about his, Lewis, his car is great. That's why he's great. Yeah. I was like, fuck that. Like, no, 
But um, it's been even been good to see. I've even enjoyed seeing like Ferrari get more out of their cars this year and at uh, least be competitive again. Um, Lando Norris, who's my favorite rook, rookie uh, guy, um, like really can like was doing great last year, doing even better this year. Right. Uh, in standings, he's like fourth now, um, right. which you know I think hopefully he'll develop into a better driver from here, and he seems really consistent. Um, Alphatari also has like two really good drivers that are getting points without the podiums, but yeah. like um, I think that like you know Pierre Gasly has the opportunity to break in the next if, if he can get an opportunity in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's it's like it's a really good time to get into it, and, and because there is uh, movement happening on both sides with the legends and with the the new people. Yeah, it's nice to have a good like I think a lot of years in the past has been a dearth of midfield players either drivers or teams yeah and it's just like to have like that uh because i didn't used to care i was just like whatever as long as lewis wins <laughs> right I'm straight um but for this to be a challenge and even that schumacher dog had it like a little bit about this about like after he won those first couple championships he didn't give a shit almost or he just didn't feel challenged and to like come to a team that kind of sucked for a while in ferrari and finally get it was like that moment that Lewis might have, I don't know. We'll see how these next few weeks go. Um, but yeah, I'm just like the you talk about those rookies. Like I never paid attention to rookies. The only last rookie I paid attention to was probably Lewis Hamilton. In, oh yeah, uh, 2007. Yeah, because um, he like won. Like he didn't finish worse than third. Like a bunch of races, and Alonso was furious because he wasn't like getting out. Of, he was like ignoring team orders to get out of the way, and then yeah. winning the race or getting second. Um, which is why Alonzo says the shit he says about him now. Like he was like, he's always complaining. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> yeah. Take it easy. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, moving on, uh, I did want to share with the audience here. Um, I went this weekend to, uh, our community pride festival, uh, which is really fun, uh, and really cool. And I'm going to go back each year. I've been to both. Um, it got started in like because in like 2018, um, Stonewall Columbus uh, worked with the police to like get these uh, activists, black activists, uh, arrested. You know, like they 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 had shared information about when these people were planning to protest with the police, so that the police could arrest arrest these people. They're going to disrupt the pride parade. You know, for being too corporate and for ignoring like the you know uh, plight of, of black and brown trans women and, and, uh, the queer community. And so they started their own, uh, pride and it was really awesome. And it says like community pride FTP. That's, that's what it says. Like, that's the slogan. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I was so blown away. Uh, it was just so many, it was just, I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't know how I, I like, I feel at home there. Like just everybody is so nice in themselves and comfortable. It's like the most gentle people in the world. <laughs> and it's all like, it's anarchists, it's communists, you know, it's, uh, it's a meeting of like all the radical people that are just looking for like a more peaceful, better, better world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I was really inspired. It was awesome. That's what's up. Yeah. There's like, um, who is there? Uh, mass ohio so they do like they provide uh clean needles and uh testing kits and narcan and stuff to people for free they also do a they also feed people that are living on the streets um period pantry project who has called in they provide uh like menstrual products to any woman and uh or person that needs it and um 
Franklin County. Uh, it was awesome. I was a big fan. But uh, also, I, I spent most of the time on the playground and with a bunch of kids. And there was like other dads that were playing. And that's not something that happens. Like, right. yeah. I don't like we were like this guy wanted to jump on the carousel with his family. And he was like, bro, do you got me? And I was like, I sure do. So I did. I went over there and like <laughs> spun him as fast as possible until he was like dizzy falling on the ground. And then I jumped on. And we did it back and forth. And it was just like it was really just utopia. It was so fun. It was that's just awesome. a good time. There's, it's, it's like slumber party. Vibe. It had like slumber party vibes where just like everybody is having fun and supporting each other. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter was like super into like the burlesque, burlesque dancing in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. Cause like the, it's, it's the first half of the day is like kid friendly, which, mm-hmm. you know, it does, it's all kid friendly anyways. Right. No one's getting naked or doing anything. Right. Uh, but, and they start the burlesque after four. And uh, we were on the playground and every time someone started dancing, my daughter just climbed to the top of the slide and was like glued on them. She was <laughs> so into it. <laughs> she was just fascinated by it. And uh, I thought it was good too. I liked it. I mean, I feel like, you know, there's like every day in her life, she's already re- receiving like ridiculous heteronormative sexual messages constantly. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a girly girl that likes her favorite color is hot pink and she would rather wear a dress than jeans. And she's picking up on all that like romantic ass Cinderella bullshit. That's not real. And so like, I want her to see like a 200 pound woman take her clothes off in the park because she might end up being that someday. And I don't want her to think that's like, you can't be provocative or sexy or, or, you know, be proud of who you are, you know? Right. Right. And that's always, go ahead. No. And and all, I mean, all of it is it's costumes and pageantry and fun. It's like, I I don't know. I'm here for it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. i the slumber party vibe, like shut the streets down so there are no cars. Everybody can walk around. Mm-hmm. If people want to booze, they can do so. And it's not like out of control or weird. Kids are over here. People are helping each other. Like the way it should, should be, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, that's awesome. We had, I haven't been to Pride in a couple of years here uh, just because of COVID, but like the last one, it was something similar with, uh, I think it was called Blackout Pride. And it's like, could we do this more, y'all? Like, please. You did another pride? Well, there, there's like a, like not a protest, but an action kind of doing the same thing like what you're talking about with like pointing out like the corporatization mm-hmm. and collaboration with police and over-policing in neighborhoods, like neighborhoods that weren't always that way. Right. Um, they were gentrified and yep. black people kicked out and stuff like that. Queer black people, especially. And yeah. trans people. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's always good to hear that kind of stuff. We had... Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Um, maybe other people in Baltimore can piece things together better than me. But in the span of a week, we had Baltimore Safe Haven, which is like a center for trans people. Um, they provide all kinds of services, social services and things like that. And um, they got their center got vandalized. Uh, one of our community fridges got torn up and all this shit got thrown on the street. And our socialist bookstore got broken into Red Emmons. Oh, my God. In the span of like a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and Red Emmons was like, you know, we've had stuff like this happen before, so we don't think it's like targeted, but for these things to happen all at once, it's like scary, I guess is the way I could describe it. Um, weird. What's, yeah. I mean, one time is, you know, someone got brave, but right, like right. if it's repeated like that, it does make you feel like you have to be on your toes. It's yeah. Like, and I just imagine like some asshole on like eight coon or whatever, just getting like charged up. 
and like somebody posting there's a socialist bookstore in this neighborhood um go trash it or whatever and like some college kid or whatever whoever um running up on it and might be reading too much into it but that seems like some shit that would happen um, yeah i mean yeah it's motivated and it's in in certain places um you know pacific northwest like when we toured up there there's people all the time that would you know folks would just get in it is available on the internet you right, know right. i i think i i mean it is kind of a it's kind of makes me feel okay that i'm so public and someone hasn't tried anything right, yet right. but it is like it's i'm very vulnerable we're all very vulnerable mm -hmm. um and and these people uh feel righteous in what they do so mm -hmm. it's it's hard to um it's hard to hard to like prepare for it and then also uh figure out what to do afterwards mm -hmm. which is why it's good to hear you had that experience especially with your kid um just to show her like there is another way <laughs> like yeah even if it's just for this this afternoon this evening like this is how things can be it was the best vibe and and yeah. like she was she said like she said it was one of her uh bucket list concerts <laughs> she said that she crossed it off her bucket list is one of the best she'd seen oh, nice. um and we even went and talked to one of the performers afterwards and she was like wanted to tell him how much you liked it and everything mm. um yeah i mean that kind of stuff is for me just the the earlier i can let her know that people are not putting up with this bullshit that they teach at school you mm -hmm. know right. then <laughs> like she can find a community <laughs> outside of that mm -hmm. you know um and and yeah that's it's it was also like just so welcoming and fun and free and just hang hang out in parks man is like a radical thing it's so free it's you can mm -hmm. free to do it but people just don't go and sit in them it drives yeah. me nuts when i drive past parks and like nobody's using it you know <laughs> it's like sitting in their house when they you can be like go sit out here somewhere put down a blanket or something the city shuts it down no one was using it yep or like yep. wasn't it out where y'all are that uh some couple was trying or somebody was trying to buy some public park in columbus yes. just build some mansions or some shit yes that was a, a golf course thing yeah, that yeah. was way outside columbus i've okay. not been in a while um you ready to take some calls i am yep all right let's see who we got on the line here uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's going on? It's Bear. Hey, Bear. How's it going? What's up, Bear? It's going pretty well. Uh, finally have a Sunday night off due to a pretty terrible injury, but, you know, it's, uh, it's worth it. All right. How terrible? Uh, it's not actually that bad. I'm just a little crybaby bitch, but... Uh, I had poured boiling hot water all over my hand while trying to make some tea, and it was just Oof. an awful time. Uh, so I called out of work for it. <laughs> Smart. That sounds pretty bad. I'll we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I would say you're allowed to cry about that one. Yeah. It happened last night, and the first thing I did was call my boss and be like, "Hey, I'm not coming in tomorrow." And he was like, "Well, you think you can recover by then?" And I'm like, "No, no way." Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's also probably one you could do at home yourself. You could actually just burn your hand like that to get a day out of work if you're willing to go through it. I mean, I get tattooed all the time, so it's similar things. You could stretch that out, too, I think, to more than one day. It's, uh, yeah, the blistering started. Sorry, uh, the blistering sorry. started. I can't Actually, I have the stiffness now, so I can't even move it. And the doctor said not to force it, so probably not going to be the rest of the week. 
whatever you can get, go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so uh, this week I did not call in with a story, but rather a question for uh, our lovely host and guest host. All right. What do you got? Okay. I want to know what your most notable experience that subverted expectations was. I hope that's like a good way to word it. Like an experience that you thought was going to go like either really well or really bad. And it just went the complete opposite. Hmm. Okay. Um, that is a good question. <laughs> trying to think of what's coming to mind first here. You want you want me to go first so I can yes. set you up with the softball because mine's probably not that great, but it is recent. Okay. Um, I uh got a bill for like eleven hundred bucks to fix my car, maybe three four months ago. Um, I promise this is not fantastic in any way other than how it ends. I guess. Uh. And I, I don't have 1100 bucks to just fix a car, especially not one that's like a few years old. So um, got it in my mind. I was going to get another one. Uh, went to one of those big box dealerships, like pretty much my credit shit. And I still owe like 10 grand on this car. So I was like, OK, so I'm just going in here to waste my time and their time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, forgetting that they love motherfuckers like me um, and charge the highest interest yep. rates and fucking me over. So I went in and was like, OK, they give me X amount for my car. Uh, I'm going to leave with it. And the guy, of course, took forever to go check the credit or whatever um, and get me an offer for the old car. But what I didn't know, excuse me, is that there's like a chip shortage right now. So there aren't as many new cars. And because there aren't as many new cars, it's driving up the prices of used cars like 30, 40%. So I ended up getting a shit ton of money for this car and got a Mini Cooper which was fun um, for about six days uh, until I got run into by a drunk without uh, insurance <laughs> registration or a license. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, I had it for literally a week. Oh. And uh, it was fun as shit. Like, I loved it. I try not to drive too crazy because I don't want to kill anybody. And, you know, I'm not the only person on the road. But, uh, yeah, I was like, I remember texting my friend like, yo, I got a car, dude. I did it. I did it. I did it. And then, you know, I took some people on some joy rides. There's like some back roads. And uh, that car has a turbocharger and turbochargers, turbocharger engines have blow off valves that like whoosh real loud. Yep. When you let off the gas, so they shift. People don't know. And um, driving through rich people's neighborhoods at night, like making that valve go off as loud, loud as hell it was fun and entertaining. But yeah, I like was like tooling through this intersection doing like 20. And a dude hit me like, I don't know, 20 seconds after the light change, maybe 15 seconds after the light change. And, um, yeah, I'm just like on the sidewalk, just like chilling. And the guy's like slurring his words, trying to tell me like, Hey dude, don't call the cops. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to call the police. Trust me. But I know I'm fucked if I don't with insurance. Um, and I just like watched them dip in slow motion. just like slowly <laughs> cross across the three lanes, take the left and go. And, um, all these people were like, that was his fault. That was his fault. And I'm like, okay, well that doesn't help me much. Oh, fuck. Um, but yeah, and people were like, you're, you're okay. You're not hurt. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about that. What about my car? <laughs> if, I have, if I was hurt, I would have something to show for it. At least. <laughs> Broken leg or something, uh, which is obviously foolish. But uh, yeah, um, 
that's the thing I can think of off the top of my head, Bear. I don't know how satisfactory it is, but it does set you up, Brett, for something good. Oh no, I don't. I was <laughs> listening to you the whole time. <laughs> I had um I had one I was gonna say, but I feel like it's too much to share. I don't feel comfortable sharing anymore. Um um I don't I really don't know if I have one. Do you have one, Bear? I do actually. Um this is gonna sound terrible. Whenever I start telling the story, it sounds terrible. But like it's years ago now. I was driving home with my family and we just see this black smoke rising like above around where my house and my grandparents' house is, because we live like really close to each other. Mm-hmm. And my mom had this like panic response of like, Oh, well your grandparents' house is probably on fire. I guess we're gonna have to deal with that. Um and we pull up. And it's not my grandparents' really old, broken-down trailer that's, like, not up to code. And I'm surprised hasn't just, like, been destroyed in the past, like, years since then. Uh, but our pretty well-built house uh, was just up in complete and total flames, like, totally unsavable. Um, like, it was already way too far gone. And that obviously seems awful. But actually, like... I hated my childhood. I hated being there. I hated that home and everything. And I like really launched the point where we made a ton of money off of it because insurance paid out really well. Um, and I was able to get out more and I was able to like do more shit. And like, I just blew all my insurance money that like my parents gave me on like weed and skateboards and like fun times. Uh, oh, so it ended up being like a great year and a half for me afterwards. Did they say how it happened? Like what was the cause? Or was it just a fluke of the fire? Um, so what they think it was, was the fact that uh, we had like an outdated air conditioning unit. And they think that like the wires just got like stripped by like uh, rats or like squirrels or something. And that that like electrical fire started basically. But what I think it was is I had a bunch, I was really into chemistry at the time. And I had a bunch of like random chemicals just laying around my room and i'm thinking one of the cats that we had at the time like just knocked some shit over because i did not store it carefully (laughs) um and that started the fire because it definitely started (laughs) not where the air conditioning unit was (laughs) we'll stick to the first story though that's like that's a cleaner cleaner break (sighs) yeah it was it was so bad uh, having the fire marshal ask us if there was anything in the house. My mom's like, "No, I don't. I don't really think so. Nothing to be worried about." And I'm like, "Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah." Uh, okay. He's just like, "Where the fuck did you get chromium?" They're like fourteen. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I have mine. This is a big one. This one is makes me uncomfortable to share, but it is it is inspirational. Uh, and relevant for some people. Uh, but I've been having a lot of fun over the summer with my divorce and everything. And I ended up getting my first STD okay. and uh, got genital warts. Mm-hmm. And I was like so nervous about it. And mm-hmm. I had also have like read, I follow like some sex ed people on Instagram for a while. And like, I can understand like destigmatizing it and all of that stuff. 
Um, but there's still just like this old nineties puritanical thing of like, you're gross and disgusting. Uh, and it's like, you know, you fucked up, you know, it's like, it's like I willingly like sucked on a fucking wart or something is what it makes it seem like, like I intentionally did this. Um, so I was like pretty nervous about it. And I also, in a way, like I want to be in control of, uh, how people think about me or like their opinions. I like, I want to make sure it's crafted and I come off as good and nice and friendly and all of that. And this kind of hands, hands it away like this, somebody else, I have to deal with how they feel about this, you know, and they might be puritanical and weird about it. Um, But pretty much everybody was like, well, uh, I mean, if we're going to keep doing it, then like, we're just both going to get it, I guess. <laughs> it was like so fucking, it was made me feel so good afterwards. And it was, I did not expect that. Oh, I thought I was going to get cussed out by somebody. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, I mean, it's just a numbers game. When you play the numbers, like you win sometimes. So yeah, that destigmatization, the destigmatization shit was like not in the vocabulary when we were coming up. Like, no. There was no understanding of it. Yeah. And like the more I read about it, it's just like, I mean, it's a part of life. It's the same as like catching colds or anything else that like any communicable disease that people can spread amongst each other. Like it just happens. And, uh, and it really, at this point, you know, we live in a time period where doesn't it really ruin your life, you know? Yeah. And the puritanical shit's right. Cause it's like sex plus the common cold. Oh yeah. You're going to hell or you're dirty. Yes, Uh, exactly. Abstinence. The only way I remember the only way to not get an STD is to remain abstinent is what, what I was taught in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a friendly, no, friendly yeah, Frankie uh, was our drug, drug ed person. We had a different person for sex. Ed. Go ahead, Bear. Sorry. No, nah, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say that, like, at least around here, uh, like herpes is like the one that everybody kind of makes jokes about and like kind of comments on. Uh, but like I've have uh, oral herpes now and like, you know, I've just, me and my boyfriend now have decided that, like, well, it's just like a thing. We're probably both going to get it. And, then like, you know, we'll probably, at least one of us will probably also end up with genital herpes. Uh, it'll probably just transfer. Like, you know, we're, it's just a matter of, like, you know, you got to destigmatize it and you got to look with it. You can't have any shame about it either. I don't try to, like, call it the other terms that some people do. I don't try to say, like, well, it's just like a cold sore. Like, nah, it's herpes. I got oral herpes. Yeah. And it also, like, it's really rare. I mean, it's it's just like, I mean, like I said to somebody, I was like, we don't have to fuck like every time we hang out. Like, I do like you as a person and like I could just rub your arm on the couch and you can go home. You know, like we can take it. I can keep my underwear on and we can do other shit. You know, I'm not really that. It's, it doesn't have to be tied to that, you know, and and after it's gone, it's gone, you know, until it's back. Right. Well, thanks for calling in, Bear. I appreciate it. Um <laughs> that thank, thanks for getting me to share that story. I've been wanting to say it for a while. I was about to say, doesn't it feel better to just open up? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did feel a lot better. And I felt it's like it's relevant better. to people that listen to, and I know that like the platform I have, like it does help because mm. people feel seen and it's hard to understand, you know, right. the weird stuff that goes through your mind. Even like I'm such a logic brain guy, uh, you know, and it's still like those emotions just creep in of like, you know, just grandpas and grandmas and dead people <laughs> telling you that you're gross. Fucking founding father ass shit. You're, just like, you're fucking yeah, wicked. You're a sinner. You're carrying the mark of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Uh, Bear, where can, where can people follow along with your journey, Bear? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Instagram, uh, Bittacena, same as my Twitch handle when I drop in the chat. Um, that's the only social media I have as of right now. I'm planning on like getting some more of my writing and stuff out over the next few months since I'm building a bit of a platform here. So once that gets out, I'll share that info too. All right. Cool. Appreciate it. As always, have a good one. Have a good night. You too, man. All right. Well, good call to start off, yeah, start nice. things off. Yeah. Always open, love to open things up, you know? Yeah. I, I had the same, um, I had, I had a similar cars are like, cars are such a huge milestone in like American life. They just mean fucking everything, you know? And, and I've, I've been more like you where I've just like gone to the car dealership, like hat in hand, like, <laughs> please don't <laughs> please don't fuck me and please give me a car please yeah or like you can you're allowed to work me over however you want just yeah. not too hard if i say it's if i can't say i can't do too much like don't push it too but don't push it but if you can fuck me over and get me out of here for under 300 dollars a month you know <laughs> then we can work with each other and i so, like go ahead sorry no, I was just going to say when this earlier this year, when I went to go get a car after my divorce, I went in by myself and was like, they're never giving me a fucking <laughs> car. Never in my life. I couldn't get the house. Like the car was in my ex-wife's name. Oh. Like I've always, I, what I've always done in my relationships was like, I'm the bad credit person. So like anything yeah. we, we want to be able to bail on, like I'll sign up for and anything <laughs> that's like more permanent than like a Hell partner yeah. hand that over to them. That's going to be your name. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I um and I I have like the added it's like I guess I could call it a complex but it's kind of I'm older now so it's not as big a deal but like where I went and I was thinking about this watching the Schumacher shit like where I went to school it wasn't his but there was a kid who had a Ferrari 360 that he drove to school it's like his dad's because I went to private school it was a fucking nightmare and everybody got a car when they were like they were like these when I was a senior there were like three or four girls who were sophomores becoming juniors I think. And uh, just had their learner's permits, like 15 and nine months was the learner's age back then. And I remember two of the cars. I know there were four of them all together, but one was uh, a Cayman when that was new, like a brand new Cayman. Oh, wow. Porsche. And then another girl um, at the time had a uh, M3 convertible with like the SMG gearbox. And I remember running into her. Years later, running into her at some bar or something, we were talking about that car. And she was like, the first night I had that car, I um, was driving on some of those roads. I was driving that Mini on, um, like back roads, super dark, elevation changes, blind turns, all kinds of shit. Going to some party, some high school kid driving a $70,000 car. And she was like, I saw something in the road and was like, I'm going like 60 I'm not going to stop because it's clearly a plastic bag. So I'm going to just run over it and it'll be fine. And I'll go to this party and everything will be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a boulder that like fell off a landscaping truck or some shit. And it like tore up the undercarriage, spit out the back and like knocked one of the wheels off the axle. And she like skidded out and like was on the side of the road. Like I can either tell my dad or go to this party and deal with it tomorrow. And that's what she did. And I was like, well, Y'all, y'all get down different, I guess, because I literally <laughs> did not have a car until I was 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> so that on top of like going and being like, this is something that I both need to get to work because public transit here sucks. Yeah. Um, but also like came up around people who didn't have to bust their ass. And I just got a nicer car replacing that Mini. And my mom was telling me, she was like, a lot of people you knew and grew up with 
didn't have to like wait this long to live this life or to have something like this. Um, and you've worked like really hard to get to this point and there's not, there's no point beating yourself up over it. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I feel the same, like, um, I, I do, f I would not trade places. Like I'm glad I came mm. from the dirt. Yeah. Um, I feel more in touch with everybody. I feel like everybody's my brother and sister or, or non-binary sibling. Like, mm -hmm. um, I I've seen all from the bottom to the top and how out of touch people are is just like frustrating. Like even yeah. for me, like trying to do dating and stuff, like there's a lot of like late thirties or early forties, white women that like, mm -hmm. I just can't even fuck their vocabulary is all wrong. Their whole, like their whole, everything is just not what I know, you know, like things just were, they got, had money and opportunity and access to things that just like, you're, you're like, you don't know the real world. Like right. you've just been coddled. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird position to be in. But I also, when I was in school, um, I also moved from Columbus public, uh, to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And when I got in high school, kids were getting cars, you know, at like 16. And I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so my big thing, instead of doing like drugs and alcohol, we did vandalism. So oh. like if there was some <laughs> cocky asshole kid that like, there's this one kid that like pulled down a, the pants of this dork in the middle of class. And he also got like a brand new Honda Civic that weekend that had like the pearlescent paint on it and everything. So like, we just went and like threw shit all over his car, egged the fuck out of it. Like we were trying to do some sort of justice against these uh, rich assholes <laughs> at the school. My favorite was always kicking the side of your mirrors off. Oh it's shit. So, so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I think about somebody doing that to my car, I would be mad, but I'd be like, okay, it's just mirror, I guess. Yeah. No, I live that way all the time too. When mm. sometimes when I'm walking and a car isn't going like 25, say they're going like 19, I'm like, mm. I'm about to get hit in that chest with an egg right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a payback for the shit that I did. Someone's about to blast me with an egg right get a now. Liquid thrown on me real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Pee pee mm. squirt gun time. <laughs> Bleach and pee. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get this next call uh thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight hey this is uh alex what's up alex hey hey how you guys doing good good doing well so far it's us talking to you guys that's talking to you guys my long time listener first time caller <laughs> okay <laughs> um, first time i was uh well well yeah, what I was what I was calling and talk about was um, uh, kind of like a, a labor kind of thing that's going on with me. Is uh, I work uh, I work in the uh, in the airline industry. Um, I work uh, reservation agent for um, uh, one that's been, one of the airlines has been going through a lot of uh, a lot of cancellations, a lot of like just complete operational disruption. I think you heard about the one that's been going on this weekend. And like, you know, the main cause of the one that's gone on this weekend has been just our pilots uh, have just decided, yeah, well, we're not going to take this vaccination mandate. So we're just not going to show up. It's a big stick out this weekend, which has thrown a huge wrench in everybody's operation. And, and us guys that work in reservations, you know, now we're having to pull these overtime shifts because, you know, all the flights are canceled. And what's worse is just, you know, every time something like this happens, whether it's because of, you know, uh, some kind of problem with operation or, you know, crew legality or storms or anything like that. You know, the biggest frustration is 
there's oftentimes nowhere to put these these uh these passengers. And you know, they paid their money about their ticket, and now I can't reaccommodate them. So we look like you know complete tools. And you know this time it's like we're having to do all this extra work, do this extra stress, do all this you know have have a, a degraded appearance you know in front of the customers all because these guys just don't want to take the shot so i mean like and i was talking to my my union rep earlier i, I was calling her saying like yeah well, we should just stick out too because why are we doing the work and they're not you know they're they're we're both of us are both divisions are crucial to this thing operating but one decides not to show up and now we have to pick up their their slack so it's 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 tough to deal with and it's, it's hard to kind of organize my office because you know a lot of them are just not very involved with the union they're not involved with the kind of the labor um movement that we're, that we're part of and you know it's just like it, it just every time i think about it it's like how can we got to take this you know and we're doing what we got to do you know we're we're making our commitment making the sacrifice of doing labor for the company and like is it these guys won't because they just you know they just don't want to get on by the list so it's, it's just a big portion of them are just, you know, a lot of them are very conservative. There are a lot of Republicans and they're just like, yeah, I'm going to take this vaccine because the government tells me to. Even, and then, yeah. you know, the thing and, uh, is, to me, John Galt was a pilot. Because... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think it's just so frustrating about it is like Marilyn contracts a lot with the, with the federal government. So it's like, you know, you have to take that shot. Like, what do you want us to do? What you want the company to ignore that mandate and then walk away from, you know, millions upon millions of dollars that goes into your pocket every year? I mean, like, so it's just, uh, it's, it's tough to, to tough to deal with and tough to face. And I'm told, like, well, you know, I, I was on sick leave. I got one more day of sick leave. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to take that sick leave just to, just to hope we kind of dodge a bullet here. But, uh, I just want to, I guess, get some advice from you guys and, and see what you guys think and, and you can offer anything that kind of help, help get us all through this. Cause it's, it's a, it's a tough situation to get stuck into, and a lot of times because of just externalities. Yeah, that's extremely challenging. Um, I'm actually dealing with this myself because um, I started like uh, going to more events and talking to people, um, and there is a, a space that like would be good for street fight to do like you know trainings and and other things like that. But then like the person that runs it like isn't vaccinated and, you know, doesn't want to be for whatever reasons. It's really anybody that was into organic vegetables, like whoever, everybody that was into organic, like those motherfuckers got pushed over the edge. Like they were just looking for an excuse. <laughs> but like I've lost so mm -hmm. many organic friends to anti-vaccine at this point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, oh, I yeah. think it's really, it's really hard for me to make sense of just because I don't. I'm not like a person that wants to uh, impose my beliefs on people, uh, but vaccine is helping. Vaccine is solving the problem. Um, we, mm -hmm. it exactly. is the right thing to do. Like, I think like, as a, I mean, as a society, I guess I see us more as like all in this together. Like I consider everybody in my neighborhood and their grandparents and, you know, people that need to go to the hospital, like, um, you know, I would rather protect them than than argue with like ex medical experts about the efficacy of a vaccine. I just don't. I'm just not arrogant enough to do oh, that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, um, I love when they say like, "Do your own research." I'm like, "Okay, I did. I did my research, and I can't make any sense of the data." 
<laughs> my research is in my body. Yeah, I, I in May, yeah, exactly. was like, I don't really have a reason to trust the fucking government or Pfizer, but hundreds of millions of people around the world have gotten this shit more so here than elsewhere because of, you know, Biden's bullshit and the company's vaccine apartheid and stuff. But like mm-hmm. in June, I saw like I work for a nonprofit that does like a lot of like restorative justice work with schools and everybody has such a fucking hard on for going sending these kids back. And some were good reasons, like parents needed a break, that kind of stuff. But like most of it was just like, I want to be the president, the mayor, the principal who was the one that got the kids back in the school. And mm-hmm. that was it. But once I saw that kind of writing on the wall, I was like, OK, uh, maybe I should get this shit. And it's the right thing to do because my family's not vaccinated and it's been stressful. But I've had like conversations with them. Some have been tense, some have not been. And, you know, it's my mom, my sister and my father without putting too much of their business out there. But um i get the objections from black women absolutely um but i'm also like i don't want y'all to die that would be like a really shitty way for y'all to die um and to your point what you were bringing up about like your situation with work like i have experience with a walkout that i'm not even going to try to compare to yours because we again are in a nonprofit space it's like real hard to unionize so it's not necessarily that we were all kind of on the same page, but we had an abusive executive director who was just like terrorizing the black women that we work with. Um, And it came to the point where we were just like, we're not coming in until he's gone. Um, And having worked not necessarily Mm -hmm. what you do, but like customer service and call centers for years before this um, and in healthcare and shit, like getting shit on uh, because of other people's fuck ups or refusal, refusal to do the right thing or work or whatever it is. Sometimes it really does come down to that. Um, I can't pretend I have like perfect advice for you in your situation, but like it may even come down to just bouncing entirely because I literally just read, maybe not the one you work for, but United or some other airline was bragging about how like very few of their pilots and employees had uh, tried to claim the exemption for the vaccine and they were real proud that nobody left and all this other shit. Plus all the money they got in the bailout last year and all this stuff, it's like, Someone's got to give there. And it's, I know it's hard when it's like you and maybe a couple other people on the same page, but most people don't really like see how they can make an impact. Like that sucks. Um, but sometimes it really is like, am I going to make an individual decision to just not put up with this anymore? Um, Cause I can imagine people are just being fucking yeah. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know, I guess, you know, this is going to be like a heel turn, I think, for me on Street Fight. But like at this point, it's just like we have to keep going. Like the breakthrough cases are very rare at this point. So I guess if somebody doesn't want to do it, like that's on them. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just tired. of I'm tired of really trying to think my way out of this because it's like it's like a, a pack of cattle getting a fucking disease. Like it just runs through however it happens. Um, the fact that we can think about it and conceptualize what how things would be different, you know, is one thing. But these people are not going to do anything. Like these people have had all the information, all the brow beating. They've had every tactic tried on them. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to fire them all. Like I don't know if that does anything. But you know, it does also add to the problem. It seems it seems like a big problem. But also, you know, maybe I'm being brainwashed by you know american propaganda and the mainstream media maybe it's all a lie who knows (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like because like the tough for for you know when it comes to mandating it for the employees of the airlines like these are the these are the airplane crews who are 
in a disease too. You know, they're all breathing the same air. So it's like, I mean, yeah, of course, I, I think that, you know, while there has been a downswing on a lot of the, the cases, at the same time, you know, there is, I think, increased risk there because we are packing all these people into a very finite space. Everybody's sharing the same air. Um, so, you know, it's the, of course, the respiratory infection, so it spreads very easily. It's not recycle and, it, though. You know, the problem is that now, I think, as it, it recycles, but, I mean, I think there's no, there's no system that's going to be perfect. Like, I mean, it still can sure. still, you know, you can have a kind of particle matter in the, in the filters and stuff like that, not to mention anything else that's spread, anything else that could be opportunistic. But, um, you know, I think it's in that, like, there's a lot, a lot more, a lot more, uh, contact with people because they are, uh, they're doing the revenge travel, you know, people got money in their pockets because of the stimulus and they were, you know, caged up for two years. So a lot of people are, are desperate to travel somewhere. So you're seeing like a lot of these flights go more and more full. So it's just, you know, I'm mean, again, I'm not trying to be constantly in terror of it, but you know, at the same time, we have to recognize where there are additional risk factors for for it spreading. I mean, because I think that we just kind of all want to get under, at least somewhat under control, um, because otherwise, the the alternative is it's going to just be endemic. It's just going to be something that's part of part of our lives uh, for the rest of time, which uh, no, also kind of blows, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, but, um, I mean, I guess like when when I first started looking up this stuff, like if you look at Spanish flu numbers, like the dates are about they do like two mm-hmm. years. There's like two years of it being a big problem, and then it goes away for a couple. I mean, I think we've got like seven or eight more years of this, maybe less, just because we have a lot better medicinal mm-hmm. system. But I mean, I think that yeah, we're looking at like a ten year storyline, I guess, for Corona uh, that will dissipate yeah. in time, but. The initial one is way further. I mean, I found that out when I tried to, you know, I found that out when we tried to come back and, and realize, you know, how, how dire it was out there and, and how people felt about it, you know, mm-hmm. to do with in regards to doing live shows. So I think by next year, I think I read an article that said like 80% of Ohio will be vaccinated by like next fall. Uh, so I think that will help so. diminish a lot of things and maybe quiet it down by the time we get around to 2023. And then in 2026 or something, some crazy new variant will come out and we'll be back to, you know, hiding in our houses again. But like, I don't know, it, it does go away. <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of time. It has to just run through us. It's, it's, we aren't in charge of any of this, you know, we just have tools that we can try, but right, like it, it, it happens to all mammals. It's just something that happens to mammals. Mm-hmm. Is how I feel. Yeah. I think yeah, the, the hard part is dealing with you know it, it like I said it it's something that goes in this like ten year curve and but we're we're in in the middle of year two of it so it was like having to still still do all the repercussions and I think that's that's you know, of course the hardest part uh, and especially right. like, like I said you know it's, it's tough to deal with the challenges that come because of people's actions or inactions you know um, like I said right now it's the biggest thing is just a big echelon of our of our guys don't want to work. And so now the ones who are working are like stuck with doing extra labor. So it's, I mean, that that's the, I think it's the hardest part to, to deal with the hardest part to, to maneuver through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you said to build solidarity. That's the only thing we can do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it is like, I've said it is similar to Atlas shrugged once again, where it just feels like, you know, uh, workers are standing up or don't want to do things. And then like that is going to disrupt things. And, we have to deal with those ramifications. Um, but airline travel, 
Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where we go from here, but I wish you the best of luck. I mean, oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, my hope is that it kind of goes away because having been in the, I've been in the industry for like 10 years, I can say, uh, we were better off with ships. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say how long have you been doing it? Yeah. Cause I feel like, oh, yeah. I, I, like the flying piece for me is, and I was talking to Brett about somebody who's taking a trip to Austin. He has to take a layover to LA to get to Austin. And if this flight doesn't work out perfectly, it might ruin the best thing that has happened to him in like a long time, I think. Um, and yeah, it's like if yeah. we were actually as civilized as we thought we were, we would have like a high speed train somewhere that he could take um, that would cost 10 bucks if that. Um, but we want to do it the other way because that's just how we get down. Yeah. I, I mean, I've long said like the, the thing we need is, uh, and I'll agree with, uh, I see it's me in the chat here, uh, Chels. Yes, I wish people would stop going to Hawaii too because that's, that's a whole extra layer of yeah. bureaucracy there to go through for all their manual stuff. But um, the thing I would say is like I, I've long said that what we need is, you know, at least trains in regions. Like, like I live in Texas, for example, like a train system that covers all of Texas. And then, oh, I need to get to mm -hmm. Chicago. You fly to Chicago or you fly to Los yeah. Angeles. You fly to wherever the, the long distance, but the, the, the fact that there's this flight from, you know, San Antonio to Dallas is I think kind mm -hmm. of ridiculous. And I think it's a, big, it's a big waste and, and it just causes a lot of interference in the, uh, in all of these, uh, all these transit kind of schedules, because, you know, you, you might have, you might advertise service that goes from New York to Los Angeles, but we don't advertise this. They're all going to have to connect in Denver or connect in Chicago mm -hmm. or, or somewhere in the middle. And like, it's like you said, you know, if, if that, connecting flight gets delayed at all or something happens in Denver, you know, like for example, Denver is the gateway to the West. Now there's an avalanche or brainstorm that they got all the time. Then that's mm. a lot of people who are just not going to make it to Los Angeles or Seattle or wherever they're going. So it's, yes, yeah, I think it's becoming untenable. So my hope is, Hey, maybe, maybe uh, we get our, we finally get together to realize that hey, we need trains. We need even blimps. I'll take blimps. I'll take a slow ride on a blimp. If we don't have to connect anymore. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel the same. Like I know that there's a lot of people obsessed with trains. It just seems like insurmountable, but I am also obsessed with the idea. I've, I've read, I've seen all kinds of people posit that like I could get to Chicago in like three hours or something. And it sucks because even if I'm going to take the most capitalist point of view, if I had the opportunity to get on a train and go to Chicago, I would be spending a lot more money in Chicago. Like my dollars, my tourist dollars should be going to exactly. seeing concerts in Chicago like once or twice a month. Like that would be a big opportunity. And the same for Columbus too. There'd be lots of people that could come here, you know, from the East Coast and, and you know, see the crap that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would just make it easier to see this country. And, and I think it would build um, it would build a lot more of a connection to all the regions you know to, you'd, you'd have a less of this like you know especially Texas you know less of this being so horribly independent and realize no we're actually part of this country like we're, we're just yeah. as much American as California Ohio all these other all these other parts of of the country so so here's here's hoping and I, I keep advocating for it, even though my my company has uh, kind of lobbied against it I, I still I'm still fighting for that on my end I was a little defy management. Yeah, go with so your guys, guy. I really on appreciate that. you guys uh, taking the time and talking to me. Sure, absolutely. Thanks yeah, for thanks calling. for calling in, Alex. We appreciate it. 
Um, and, we'll, and you guys keep doing what you're doing. I mean, this is this, such an amazing program you guys are doing. Uh, you, you and, and Brian and, and of course everybody that we, that we bring in and, uh, and, uh, I really appreciate you, you putting the work and, and having a place where, you know, guys like we can come in and vent about the stupidity of management and, uh, various other, uh, employees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We appreciate it. That's what we're there. That's what we're here for. All right. All right. We'll take it easy guys. Peace. Have a good night. Well, but we've only got we've only got one call left, so we might have an early night tonight. But if you're listening right now, if you're on uh, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, and you're like wondering if you should call in or not, this is the perfect opportunity. 614-655-3887. Um, otherwise, we can shut it down early. That's not a problem with me. You know, I know people got stuff to do. I do as well. I have a kid that's bothering me to go to bed right now. She wants to know how long it's going to be. But um, I want to talk to you, and we're here to talk to you. So please call in. One thing uh, that I've been thinking of is – sorry, I cut you off. No, you're in. Um, is that like – and this is on me because nobody's telling me to follow this dude. But there's an epidemiologist who's clearly like one of these resistance dorks. Okay. But uh, his whole thing has been like they, need, they needed to declare Delta a variant of interest way earlier um we need better masks for kids like better ventilation in school like all the things that need to be happening that half of them are and the other half aren't going to um but he was talking about these studies um out of israel and other places uh where the vaccine is like absolutely waning in efficacy and they're not there's it seems like they're so far behind getting boosters into people's arms um to get ahead of this and it feels like springtime or early winter in the late winter in the early spring when it was like you know you get these ads like get vaccinated and get back out there it's like okay how like how am i doing that and then the hesitancy stuff and the anti-vax stuff started bubbling to the surface um but yeah that's what i'm thinking because i think the mark is like six months yeah and that would be like december for me and then it drops to like a little less than 50 percent, which is still better than zero um, obviously. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same. I thought that they were on the way. I thought it was going to be like the next, next big wave of right. information coming out. And it's like, Oh no, nobody nope. can get them yet. <laughs> I know somebody that signed up for an extra one. Like I thought about paying to just go get the other, I got Pfizer and I was thinking about like, can I just pay out of pocket to get Moderna back up right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes. I'll take Johnson and Johnson. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it it's, uh, it is wild, like you were talking about the schools earlier, because my school was the same way where it was like Joe, Bro Joe Biden became the president. And then all of a sudden, like things were back to normal and like mm -hmm. none of our kids are vaccinated. And, you know, I, I don't know why, why we're take, spending this extra time of sending them back, you know, yeah. uh, if we're not going to do the do the just best practices, even like nothing about like open windows or you know, the better masks or any of that. We finally, we're getting rapid tests now, which mm. is like, should have been happening like before they ever sent them back. Like you should have been able to take a fucking test every morning, you know, before you send your kid to school. Um, I mean, that's going to be the in information is going to be the best barrier against spreading this at this point, you know, mm. um, because yeah, I've, uh, I've went to concerts and I've went to lots of indoor events and lots of big outdoor events and I haven't caught COVID yet, but 
doesn't mean it's not out there. And that right. is, there isn't that moment when like, once you do, you do, it's, it's like, it feels like you're never going to get it until you do. That's just, it's, it's not a matter of like, it's over like the, that, um, uh, Kamala Harris <laughs> saying that, oh, saying Christ. that, saying that it was over and then having the view cancel on her. <laughs> it was like, what are we doing? Like last minute, like you yeah. can't come out because we just did a test and got the result back. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, the cognitive dissonance shit is, was, because this time last year I was all fired up. And then once it, like, once that status quo came whipping back, and I mean, people are burnt out and the government isn't doing shit yeah. other than like deporting people and bombing motherfuckers <laughs> and, you know, and just like doing that whole thing. Um, so and that's OK now because it's Joe doing it. Um, but like, yeah, the our, you just like jarred loose the memory that the mayor here got COVID. So Sunday posting pictures of himself at uh, I want to say the Latino Pride Parade or a Latino Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, at like eight, nine o'clock. And then the next day they announced he tested positive and he's been like all over to, and he's not like, there are billboards and like ads around here of him getting the vaccine. He's not anti-vax. He's mm-hmm. like, there was a meme of him telling this guy named Shorty here to pull his mask up. Um, so he's always been like hardcore mask. Like uh-huh. he flipped up once, like, um, and in the mask restriction in June or July, July 1st, I think. And then, like, a month later, they were like, actually, indoor mask mandate is back. But, yeah, people have been dragging him because, like, he's been at Ravens games and concerts and stuff without a mask inside. And people yeah. were like, what the fuck? Like, how do you expect other people to? I mean, we knew this. Once they told right. us everybody was good, there was no way that Jimmy was going back in the bottle. There just wasn't, um, yeah. if we're being realistic. So, yeah, I'm just like, like you said, it's like that whole it's over thing. I would love to have the kind of brain that thought this was only going to be, like, two, three months. Yeah, like back last summer, like Mayish, people were like, "Oh yeah, we're we're good." I did. I had that brain. Yeah. Okay, well you can <laughs> but, do that. That's fine. I went to I, my doc. I went to my doctor in like uh, March and was like, "What's this COVID thing going to be like?" They're <laughs> like, eh, "I mean, it's going to be a flare up, and then probably by May, I mean, we'll be able to reevaluate. It should be taken care of." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds good. It's just like three months." <laughs> See, I between like I don't know my Doomer streak and like the first week of uh march i went to vancouver for work and all over the airport there were signs have you been to china tell us motherfucker have you been yeah. like thermometers like it was and like the town we were in um we say in this airbnb outside of the city and they were just like yeah they have 50 cases a day 100 and it kept going up so that was when i came back here i was positive i had it like right, it's always right. funny listening to Brian talk about like the anxiety. Like I definitely have that shit. <laughs> right. I mean, smell a candle, make sure I can still smell it <laughs> instead of actually getting tested. Um, but yeah, the yeah. vaccine is like alleviated that shit. But yeah, not to go on about COVID too much. But yeah, the stuff with Joe and all of them really, uh, mayors, governors, whoever else, just like really trying to act like you know, like you said, nobody's in control of this. They really are trying to act like they have the reins on this and this. Yeah, people are dying, so it's not like funny, funny, but it's like absurd. I guess is the best way I could put it. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. Like I just, it's out of my hands. <laughs> I got to live that way, like that now, yeah. because otherwise, it drives me nuts to think about how much better this could be handled. Right. And there's so many examples of other places around the world. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get this next call. We got a couple more that jumped in, so we're cool. good to go here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, Hello? hey, can you hear me? Yep. Hello? Howdy. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Denny. It's Denny. Uh, I'm just, uh, I was calling because I'm doing some Uber Eats now because I got 
I got fired from my job over some bullshit, but I guess that's what everybody probably says, but it totally was. And um, Yeah, I believe you. I kind of figured I was because, uh, yeah, it's like, it's a union job, but like the union's kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it, like really reactionary conservative type, like not, I don't, it, it's shitty, like, I don't know, I I thought like, oh yeah, we're just going to work for solidarity, you know, like kind of, I always wanted to be in a union, but um, I got into it and it was not like that, you know, it was like, this dude was like, <clears throat> the guy who trained me was all, uh, hey, uh, well, you know, I'm pro union because how do you, who do you think is going to protect our jobs from the immigrants, you know, that type of shit, which is, oh, fucking, that's right. like straight fascist to me. Oh, yeah, big time. So, you know, I, I wasn't like overtly political or whatever, just keeping it simple with like working class and stuff because that seems to ring with them. Uh, but I knew they were going to, somebody was going to find a way to, like management was going to find a way to fuck me. And then the union wasn't really going to be there for me. They, uh, they got me on like taking too long of breaks, which was literally like one minute outside of my work area. And I work in a factory, sure. so it's like a long, it's a long ways there. But, uh, now, um, so I don't know. They're, um, the union like kind of like obligated to try to get me my job back, but I don't think it's going to really go very far because they're doing the uh, company's doing a thing where they're forcing everybody to get vaccinated by like December, someday in December, like a ways from now. And uh, they're all the, all the representatives are tied up arguing with the company on what, you know, what they need to do to help the workers get their grievances aired on it. And I can't find representation until like Thursday. And that's like three weeks after the fact. So talking about vaccination blues, like I fucking, I've got it. Like I'm vaccinated, but you know, it's annoying because they represent everybody anti-vax or not, you know? And yeah. uh, uh, thanks for letting me rant for a second. <laughs> No, it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, we just got, I mean, I guess it's the new, that's the new thing, the new battle. Um, you know, I, I, it's really, it is really hard for me to like force people to do stuff, you know, um, um, in my mind, like mandating things is like usually a bad idea, but, um, I don't, I think for the safety of everybody else, these things are ne necessary. Are you playing with like a McDonald's yeah. ball or something? I don't know. I, this is wiper. Are those your wipers? Oh, sorry. No, it's raining out here. That was a, uh, sorry, those are my windshield <laughs> wipers. Yeah. You're good. I knew yeah, you knew no, what was um, up for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Don't turn it's them off. Too, like you yeah, you're straight. No, it's okay. I need to turn them off anyways. Yeah, they, like, the refs got to represent anti vaxxers and not, you know, whenever they're doing demonstrations for like they, they've got like protests in the city like oh you're not gonna jab me you know i'll quit we'll all quit before we get vaccinated and i'm like this is not a fight to have i need representation now for my issue that normally i probably would be back to work by now you know Ooh. and it's mm -hmm. it's kind of a weird you know unique situation you know it's irritating but 
Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, I've been listening. I was listening to your guys' show like all the time on the clock too, and you just put in some earbuds, and I was like, you know, maybe this is the day I'm gonna finally fucking call in. You know, I got something to say this oh, time. Yeah. There yeah, you go. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, are you you yeah, you're trying to get for, back uh, with you're trying oh. trying to go through the process to get the job back, or is that your hope? Yeah, they do this thing where like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I hope to get it back, but um, like I don't know how familiar you guys are with like the grievance processes. I don't know if they do it with all the unions, but I'm like I'm in a machinist union through like it's the machinist. And then they go to like, it's like <laughs> AFL, whatever. I don't know if they all do it the same, but it's bullshit. But anyways, you file a grievance and saying like, this is what the, uh, the worker wants, you know? Um, and this is how we think you should, um, that's how uh, we think you can rectify the situation. And I think they owe me back pay because it's so, it's, it's so stupid. It was, uh, whatever. Um, the way it's, that like my uh resolution is going to be just give him his job back and i'm not really going to fight over it i'm not going to ask for back pay because they're not going to give it to me but i don't know because it's a good job you know like around here it's kind of what kind of what people do working mm-hmm. in uh working in an aircraft manufacturer i'm trying not to like get too personal or whatever but sure yeah, it doesn't right. really get much better now if you get like a college degree or something I don't got one of those. So when is the resolution? Yeah, they can't coming? really argue with HR. Hey, right. no. Wait, what was that? What? When's the re- when do you expect the resolution? I'm sorry, I might have missed that. Well, they said like Thursday, but they're uh, I don't I don't know if they're even gonna they're gonna be like oh yeah Thursday oh it's Thursday okay we're gonna go to HR and you know be like hey can you give can you give him his job back or or no and then companies would be like oh no I'm like okay well sorry we tried thanks for thanks for coming you know that type mm. of thing oh we did our end of it and then meanwhile there's there's like actual news coverage of these motherfuckers talking about quitting over the vaccination and uh and i don't want to like make a spectacle out of it or whatever you know i'm just trying to feed my kid and you know, be normal. And, uh, I guess, I don't know. They're not having it. I don't really, mm. I don't feel I don't feel represented, I guess, in a way. I, I don't think I really ever have in the, with the union. Um, I'm still really pro union and, uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I had more worker solidarity when I worked at little Caesars, you know, without a union, <laughs> just with my coworkers would stick together a little bit more than this shit, you know? A little infuriating, to be honest. Taking priority yeah. on anti-vaxxers, like what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? Like, my my case is so easy. I could go and argue my own case, and be like, "Hey, listen, like, this is just silly shit. And you're only doing this because, you know, it's a little spicy." I, I I'm not. I don't like break shit at work or anything like that. Whatever, but I do kind of like you know agitate. You can just. You can put it like your, uh, they, they call it clocking, like you clocking cleanup or you're clocking maintenance or, uh, attending a meeting. You say, Hey, I'm on union time. And they basically can't fuck with you. And they, and they're pretty good about that. I would just, you know, clock on union time and then go agitate when we have a con, uh, a, uh, a contract coming up. 
Like, hey, what are you doing? Well, ask my steward what I'm doing. I, I don't think it's none of your business, you know, because it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. It's a tough call. conversation cool. to have. Cool yeah. Calling in. Yeah. Is uh, is there anything you want to shout out or place where people can find you? Oh, uh, I'd like to shout out my girlfriend. I just got some drive through. If that's what you guys were listening to, if you heard that, um, and uh, <laughs> if she's listening now. And I'd also like, uh, I guess to find me is Denny's escape plan on, uh, Twitter, like just Denny's escape plan 19, I think, or what is it? Uh, yeah, Denny's, Denny's I'm, escape plan is just the full, the, not the full, it's a ESC, like for escape, but yeah, that's, that's me, I guess. I okay. Just, good to yeah. know. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for being a good boy. Anyway. Thanks for being a good boyfriend. Yeah. And have a good night. Yeah. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, you too. See you, dude. Talk to you later. I would be so stoked if I was listening to a radio show and someone told me they were about to bring me fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Any shout outs? Yeah, I'm about to bring that motherfucker fast food. I hope they're ready. <laughs> yeah. Get out the table trays. <laughs> yeah, the TV trays. Mm hmm. That was my, I always love getting those. Um, all right. Well, we do have a couple more calls to go. Let's round these out. We're going to, we're not going to take a break. Uh, mm -hmm. Instead, we'll just probably keep it around two sure. and uh, get to these calls. Why can't I find it? Oh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? My name's Andy. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Andy. Doing wonderful. Awesome, awesome. So I, I guess I don't have a lot to say, but uh, I was wanting to see. I want to bring up this thing, and I don't know if it's maybe it's just a me thing or what. But uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not the only person that likes to go out and do things by themselves, right? So uh, yes, I've uh, when you guys go I've out and do things by yourself, like yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, please finish. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, tonight I went to this interesting uh, little event um, at a local bar here where I live. I actually live in Columbus. Uh, this bar was, like, 10, 15 minutes away from me. There was doing a little Halloween-themed thing with, uh, uh, like, silent movies and uh, artists, like, selling their stuff and I went, I went, I was like, oh man, this is going to be really cool. And I get there and I'm like 30 minutes into it. I'm just like sitting. Shit. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm by myself and I'm normally not by myself Wait, when I go places. So I was just what do you say? Yeah, like, we lost you. Guys you. Like we lost, we you, lost you for like, a minute. Or how do you guys feel when you go, when you go places by yourself? Ah, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, I went to this event. Like by myself, and it's not something I normally do. Uh, and I found myself after like 30, 45 minutes just feeling like really weirdly anxious about it. And I feel like, like Brett, I feel like you're the kind of guy that has like does stuff by himself. So like, what? Like, how long do you usually stay at a place when you go places by yourself? Um, yeah, I don't know. There was, um, you know, I, I really do like the solo podcast a lot. Um, 
it's not like the best or most in line with my ideas, my idea, like my ideology and all that. But um, they do introduce concepts, which is they're interesting to me. And like one of them is that like, even if you're alone, like you're still part of a crowd. And that is something that I've come to understand that like, if I go to the bar by myself and I sit by myself and just kind of stare at my phone and observe, like if something weird happens in the bar and I like shoot a finger gun at somebody or like I smile along, or if someone starts busting out a dance and then I just start saying a, a, a with everybody, like I don't have to be, I don't have to introduce myself to anybody, but like, if you're adding to the environment, like you're part of the crowd, you know, like you're, you're not alone really. Um, but yeah, you can decide what your level of engagement is going to be whenever you're, when you are solo. I mean, you can go and, try to introduce yourself to people and say, I've got nowhere to be and I'm all by myself. Um, or you can just like kind of watch from the sidelines and add to the laughter or the applause, you know? Yeah. And along with that, like, to add, like oh, yeah. the time I, that's usually my game plan. I sat there by the sidelines. Oh yeah, Sorry, definitely. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a delay. Sorry. Um, oh no, I think I lost the, uh, you guys for a second. Seems like there's a delay. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I was just going to say with the time limit thing, I found uh, the cool thing about going out by yourself or doing shit by yourself is like, if you're not feeling it, you can bounce. Yep. If you're feeling it, you can stay longer than somebody who's with you might not want to. Yep. Um, I remember it like in my 20s, like really loving that. uh, I think it's by the Walkman that's on the rat where it's like, when I used to go out, I would know everyone that I saw. Now I go out alone if I go out at all. <laughs> um, and I used to be like, yeah, I'm such a fucking loner. But like, I do find myself, I think going to movies by myself was like my first thing where I was like, this is cool, actually. I like this. And then that turned into going to museums, going out to eat, stuff like that. And I think it's just like a groove you get yourself into and you can branch out from there. Um, and like I said, even just like not right. being bound to stay somewhere that you might not want to or leave somewhere early that you might want to stick around at. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I was going to say earlier though, eating, eating by myself is my favorite activity now. Mm. Like you're like, I get what I want. I'm thinking of one yeah. thing I want right now. I'm going to get in the car and drive there and fucking eat it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put it down. I'm going to pick up my phone and answer a text. I'm going to sip. I'm going to get three beverages. Like I'm going to take 45 minutes or I'm going to like smash this in 10. Um, you really are at like the whim of your own pleasure at that point. And you do have a good point. Like if I go somewhere and I'm like, I've got like a sorry attitude or I feel ang- anxious about this, like leave in 45 minutes. But like, if you're willing to get swept up into something and, and it takes you away, like go to a concert by yourself or go to an event and uh, just talk to anybody. I mean, I, I mean, you can always listen to people and then if they give you enough information about themselves, just say, all right, I got to go somewhere else. Like you just <laughs> learn how to exit really. I guess like, I think the, cause it was small and I'm used to doing big crowds. Yeah. You know, like I've yeah. been to bigger shows and I love it. I love just like being part of the crowd and like vibing. But like I went to the smaller uh-huh. thing. I'm like, oh, this sounds real fun. And like I go to it. It is really cool. And I'm just like sitting in the corner. I'm like, this is weird. I feel I feel fucked. I feel fucking weird. I feel fucking weird. But what is going on here? Maybe it was just like because it was so small. Everyone seemed to know each other. I'm just like an intruder in the space. But like, 
It was a nifty little yeah. event, like, but it just felt weird to be alone in a small like event setting. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think, but yeah, you know, that was, uh, I was, it's a it's a valid way to feel, but like it's 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 not really worth like indulging. I mean, I think that like when you're at an event, especially if it's like a niche thing. All, all we want is for other people to be there. Like other people that like are crazy about Kaiju to enough to go to like a Kaiju meetup at, on a Tuesday night. Like even if you go there and you're just chuckling at jokes from across the bar, like you're adding to someone else's experience to make them feel like they're not crazy for wanting to go to like a horror convention or to go to a craft in outlaws or like whatever it is like, the things you, the, you, you are definitely helping them as much as they're helping you. And it's kind of like, uh, even like when I talk to people about doing stand-up comedy and that like, everybody is rooting for you. Like everybody there actually wants there to be, to be a good time. They want things to be jovial and they want there to be laughter and they want there to be smiles. They're not going to look for a reason to be like, Hey, who's that motherfucker sitting in the corner over there? What the fuck are you doing? Like no one's going to <laughs> confront you about I that. heard somebody's not having a good time. God damn it. <laughs> Right. Where's that motherfucker at? You haven't talked to anybody in here. We're mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got. I mean, it's it's a it's a I, uh, it's, a, it's, have, it's an exercise. With yeah, like I Go had ahead. one interaction with somebody because they said something that was so humorous that I couldn't like I couldn't acknowledge it. Uh, it was like uh, it, it was a dude and his brother and like his brother-in-law. And I heard the brother-in-law say something like, "Oh man." I'm kind of drunk. I need to have a cigarette. And he says back to him, nah, man, fuck having a cigarette, smoke some weed, like a man. And I just like immediately had to turn around and like, and like acknowledge that statement. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, for me, I'm still not the best at it. You know, I'm still learning. Uh, but it's, it's like anything else. You just have to go through the motions and like, it's really uncomfortable at first. And you're like, the next time you get 29 minutes into something and you feel like you're going to wig out, like you need to like stop that process to, to figure out how you can make this, you know, a better experience instead of being so worried. Cause yeah, it's, it's not necessary. And you know, people are looking for a good time. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to cut this one short. I didn't have much to say. I was just kind of wanting to shoot the shit a little bit, maybe get a little, little wisdom from y'all. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. It was a good, uh, good little chat. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, you too. You thanks too. for calling in. Take it easy. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's dude. The solo stuff is wild, but it's just like so liberating. Um, like I just am addicted to that feeling of like going wherever my heart desires. Like waking up and knowing that I'm all by myself, and like if I want to go to that weird thrift store, if I was like, had a dream about the weird thrift store, like I can drive 45 minutes across town <laughs> to the weird thrift store and just go and uh, follow my whims and wherever I want to go. Like I, um, it's enjoyable, but you know, when it is public uh, environments, it does kind of feel like, you know, do people think I'm some sort of creep Weirdo, <laughs> yeah, sitting in the corner yeah. by myself, specifically like just not engaging with anybody. Yeah. Um, there's a yeah like you i mean you have the impulse too to like maybe i should ask somebody to come with me to this right you just have to resist that sometimes like you'll have a better time if you go by yourself trust me yeah or i mean there it's not it's all not always going to be the case there was a concert i went to i was texting with somebody that i really wanted me to go to the con that really wanted to go to the show with 
Mm. And they were like, I'm out. They're like, you got to go though. It's about to start. And I'm like, I don't know. It's already too late. And I'm having all, they're like, no, leave, just like leave right now, please <laughs> just leave. And I did. And I went out and loved it. It was like mm. a really good fun time. Um, but it takes a lot of convincing for everybody, you know? Mm. And I think, I think the more that you practice the exit, like if you, you know, like if you're anxious about things, like prepare for your worst, the worst time ever. Like you end up talking to a proud boy out of nowhere or something or like, (laughs) you know, where somebody just is like, somebody is really into uh, movies or is into some, let's talk about crypto. And you're like, you're not into it. Just imagine, just like figure out how to say like, oh my God, hey guys, it's been a good time. I gotta get back to it, you know, and just walking away, figure out how to like excuse yourself from a conversation because when they're good, like they just take over and you can just be yourself. Like you don't really have to prepare for a good time. Like you, you're really mostly worried about those bad times. (laughs) Yeah. And I've like got so much practice with that exit, just either straight dipping. (laughs) I'm not telling anybody shit and that's family too. Right. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, you can do the soft exit too. just pick your people to say, hey, to bye to and then be out. Um, yeah. And it's like the fear of the thing is always worse than the actual thing. Always. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Try it enough times. You'll have mostly good times, I think. Yeah. The going through with it is really it. Like it, it's like fighting. It's like stand up comedy. It's just like you just have to do it. That's just there's no other thing except for go out by yourself be awkward. Like no one's going to take your picture and like keep a file on you because you made an awkward joke or you like messed up a metaphor or something. Like you're not going to get in trouble for having like a a social faux pas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get this last call in here. Uh, Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, hello. This is Ryan from, uh, from Baltimore. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I was just on hold and I was reminiscing about uh, last year and um, Thick Puppy got me into um, an industry fight and I um, uh, I became a Patreon and everything and, uh, and I wow. was looking forward to hearing Brett hearing Brett uh, go off about the police and everything last year. So I was always looking forward to like, listen to you <laughs> going off about it. Uh, I was, yeah. I was, it was actually, I think I was on zoom with a bunch of friends and we were watching the police station go down and we we're like, Oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get, call, I mean, Kasai gets a referral, he gets a referral talk. bonus on that uh, Patreon. For <laughs> <laughs> limited time only. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So I just, I was going to call and uh, talk shit. I was going to call and talk shit about my last job. Um, uh, I work at a, I worked at a major university uh, in town. Um, and, uh, and Kasai knows a little bit about this place, but um, I think it's probably more a lot COVID-related uh, work stuff that we had to do. And it came to a point when I was actually like organizing, trying to organize the workplace, and it was uh, it. I mean, it was it was exciting. It was really exciting to like start trying to get these people together because I was like thinking in my head, man, I, you know, listening to Street Fight and like listening to other leftist podcasts and stuff, I was thinking, man, maybe I can try and actually do this. And then someone, 
I just had like a offhand conversation with someone in the office one day and they were just like, Oh yeah. So-and-so has similar ideas about what you're talking about. <laughs> and I tried to not drop the, the union, the union word. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, then we started like having meetings and everything, but, um, unfortunately it didn't come to fruition, but, um, Anyway, the workplace environment was kind of rough. We, it's notoriously not able to, uh, pay their employees very well, even though their president makes like $2.5 million a year. And that's just on paper. Um, and, uh, I was, I was in a management position and I had to like move like hundreds and thousands of chairs out of this building with like one other person who's just like, petite little young petite woman <laughs> so it's like two people moving all these all these chairs and uh and then we had to like put down all these stickers and then like on the on tables and and on the floor and then had to pull them back up um after it was done and i was just thinking man the next time i think you said 10 years or something down the line i was already thinking like we're going to go back into isolation within a couple months <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, and I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like, I spend a lot of time not doing a lot at work and I feel really bad that I don't like that. I feel like nervous. Is that, is that a feeling that, that you guys would get? I, mm. I, I get the feeling that like <laughs> Brett and Brian would be like, not doing anything at work is awesome. Um, <laughs> um well yeah i mean I'm kind you, of you like, gotta find that I can, bottom level I, for me it's like you gotta find the lower level like what's the minimum amount you can do i mean for like my goal is usually come out of the gate as soon as i get a job the first two months i'm the best employee they got and then from there i let that first impression ride it out until i get fired um but for the most part like if i know they're happy with the minimum amount of work and that includes me slacking off for 90% of the day. Like, I don't feel bad about that at all. Like you got what you want, you know, and I'd rather than pay me, like if they're paying me 10 bucks an hour or something for eight hours of work, I'd, I'd rather get my $80 for two hours of work and, and bullshit for six hours, you know, than than try to spread it out through the whole day. And, you know, Ryan, just from us talking, it's an interesting like, way of looking at it. My thing has always been, I, uh, worked for a small business tyrant and his father for eight years where there was like no downtime whatsoever. And I was told that when I got hired, it was a long-term care pharmacy. Um, you know, you slack off, somebody could literally die from a medication error or you didn't fill something they needed and they didn't get it or whatever. But it was like a mini fascist state <laughs> that they had going. Cause like making the money wasn't enough. So they had to like browbeat everybody and super abusive and toxic. Um, so leaving that to come where I am now and dealing with a little bit of that before we got rid of the guy that I mentioned at the top of the show, um, and just being in a workplace culture where that fear is there. Um, but like, we constantly have to tamp it down with like, I can't, like, I used to get cluster headaches and shit and like blemishes on my skin from how fucking stressed out I was with my job. Fuck that. Like no job is worth that. Even like a job now where we're doing, you know, supposedly good work, um, it's not, uh, it's just not worth it. And like with the, I, I think Brett's like hit it on the head. Like I have an uncanny knack for finding the person might not be the person who trained me, but I can always find the person who's like skating that line of like, not t- 
totally doing nothing, but also like doing just enough that they don't catch anybody's attention um, and just following their lead. Um, and you just kind of learn like what you can and can't get away with. Because the worst thing would be to like do nothing and then your day is just like double in length. Oh, yeah. You don't have shit going on. Yeah. I mean, I've had that. I had that conversation with a friend of mine recently because like I have friends and even my ex, like she would go to work and like work for eight hours a day. <laughs> like I would send memes. I'd be like, do you see that shit on Facebook? That was crazy as hell. And she's like, no, I was at work. And I'm like, I know. But like when you're at work, you're on Facebook, aren't you? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you really work the whole time. She's like, yeah, I'm focused and like working. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is like at mm-hmm. all. I can imagine that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's uh it is a matter of like what they want from you. I think more than anything, like if I had a, an opportunity to make like six figures and they wanted me to work for eight hours a day, like they would get me out of, they would get me into it. You know, like I could do that, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, working circumstances are like, you're not paying me enough to get any extra effort. Like if all you, like at the end of the day, when I worked at the warehouse, all they needed was like the priority boxes moved from one place to another. And I was getting paid enough to take care of the priority boxes, you know, and maybe I would do some extra as a favor. But like, other than that, like you're, you're lying. Like you don't need us in here running the dust mops, you know, for two hours waiting for the next hall to come in and shit like that. I'm going to stand. Like I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean instead of clean. I'm gonna be on my phone. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be on my phone. I'm gonna be talking to the homies. I'm gonna be yeah. looking up other jobs. Like, <laughs> right? Like, it's not bullshit. And even like I'm, I relate right. Like I'm managerial class now too. Um, even though like my job, I, I had a supervisor go off on that old boss of ours at this job I'm at now, um, where she was just like, if I want for, on my work from home day because we got one a week. Luckily, um, if I want to smoke weed and watch Netflix all day, that's what I'm going to do. And it was quiet because it was like, oh, that's right. Like we can actually like have control of our time. Yeah. Even if this is that one day a week, um, which is different now. But like, yeah, the the whole like you got to be working eight hours for not anything close to the right amount of money. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Unacceptable. Um, yeah, and they have their little games that they play no phone at your desk or no outside websites, whatever the fuck. But like it's like anything, we adapt and we figure out how to get around that shit. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, so they can play if they want to, but yes, I don't know. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't feel bad. I mean, maybe you want to find something more fulfilling or you know, maybe take your skills elsewhere. Um but as long as like your your coworkers aren't struggling, like you want to be the person like doesn't do shit, and then someone else has to pick up your slack, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't, I don't think that's a good place to be. Um, but f- certainly, like if you have downtime, take it, all of it, like plan for it. <laughs> right on. No, that's a, I appreciate that advice. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for going in. Is there a place uh, people can reach no out problem. to you or follow or support what you do? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> nice. Thank I you. love that. I respect that. Totally respect that. <laughs> Have a good one. Take it easy. Peace. All right. See it. Bye. All right. Well, that was the last call. That was a good, good, um, uh, good Good uh, string of calls there. Thank you to everybody that called in. Appreciate it. Um, 
I think we are going to, we haven't, me and Brian have been talking about it, but we are going to go to like a two hour format, I think, just because it makes it easier for my bedtime stuff with my kid. So I think we're probably going to be doing like eight to 10 on Sunday nights uh, for the call-in show from here on out. Um, We'll see what happens though. It could always change. And if you want to listen to Shocktober, that, that grease man episode just came out. A bunch of people are still tweeting at me about it. Um, Head over to patreon.com slash street fight WCRS to support the show. Uh, if you, if you send in money for the, uh, for the improve my car fund, if you bought a patch or a sticker or a lithograph from Eric, um, those are in the mail too. Those are finally completed. And uh, if you want to follow along with Eric, he's doing more things. He's Eric deal paintings on Instagram. Um, all super wonderful stuff that he does there. Um, is there anything you wanted to say before we go? Kasai? Uh, no. Um, thanks again for having me. Shout out to street fight nation. Um, shout out to Brian. Uh, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I hope we can do it again. You know, like this is just me like making you be my friend. That's why I, <laughs> I asked you to do this. <laughs> but I want to do a solo Baltimore. I want to hang out in, in real life uh, yeah, and chop we, it up. I think it'd be a good time. We can go to that school he was just talking about and terrorize the president who makes like three million a year. <laughs> Perfect. It's a date. It's a date. Uh, so where people follow online? Uh, Thick Puppy. Um, you also have a Substack as well, right? Yeah, kasai.substack.com. Uh, there you go. We post on there. It's free for now. So if you want to check out my writing, that's where I am. And we appreciate all y'all that called in and continue to support Street Fight. Uh, we will see you on Wednesday. Um, we're starting again earlier. Big schedule change. This Wednesday, we'll be starting at like 7 o'clock again. Uh, so that way we can watch wrestling because AEW is back. We have any wrestling? Uh, I was huge in the attitude era when I was like in middle school and sure. just never got back into it. Yeah. All right. I kind of want to like wrestling Twitter, especially after these last couple AEW things. Like yeah. Elite was a couple weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's making me want to get back into it. So maybe I will. Yeah. And I mean, not, I mean, the, the, the wrestling audience too is like really fun. Like it's, it's like it's families, it's old people. Like it's really diverse. Mm-hmm. That thing I like about it the most is like, yeah, we went and saw it a uh, ring of honor up in Baltimore, probably six or seven years ago mm-hmm. and it just like solidified like how much of uh like a, a working class like regular person sport it is like right. everybody is there and it's all fun and games and it's similar to that slumber party thing i was talking about earlier it's just like everyone's make believe together like you don't ever get to hang out with a bunch of old people and pretend <laughs> two people are fighting you know like it's such a special experience <laughs> But we will see you on Wednesday at 7 p.m. We are Street Fight. Peace. I'm get tired of thugging. I'm going to be on this till judgment. They told me leave the streets alone to rap, but I wasn't budging. I shoot you in your head. You just look dead. It ain't no tussling. This beat started with y'all, but y'all kept ducking. We hit your cousin. Can't no nigga say he hold me. I owe me. They made attempts. They heard Jesus. This shit killed. I put a hundred on them like Will. They can't handle us. We still Ain't no smiling. Shaking hands. They say you ready. We revoking passes. Blow my father like dragons. Niggas backwards. Don't take shit for granted, we take shit for ransom See how much you really love your family, cause of you this happened Ain't no big dog in me, nigga, I'm a raw roller I used to serve one nigga's two bricks, it cost a sky dweller Ask about the island, boy, we send shit to the hospital They all talk that murder shit, but niggas really shoplifters Hold your rollie up if you ain't been involved in cop business Keep your rollie up if you a hustler, I'm tryna shop with you Hold your rollie up if you self-made, ain't got no big dog Keep your rollie up, you ever touched a brick up Nah, yeah, yeah. I got pending cases and one bond, I still need paying.
my heart might get me killed, but it got me here, so risk I'm taking. We don't never write no statements, I give tips, don't fuck with bacon. I done trapped across the nation, I'll take it back to the basics. I serve white and brown, I ain't racist. Die for attention, I'll make them famous. Better stay in my good graces. Call you saying your dog ain't make it. Better dig if I can taste it. We beat all our murder cases. Ain't no big dog in me, nigga. I'm a raw roller. I used to serve one niggas two bricks, it cost a sky dweller. Ask about the island, boy. We send shit to the hospital. They all talk that murder shit, but niggas really shoplifters. Hold your rollie up if you ain't been involved in cop business. Keep your rollie up if you a hustler. I'm trying to shop with you. Hold your rollie up if you self made, ain't got no big dog. Keep your rollie up, you ever touch the brick of nah, yeah, yeah.